Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life and he resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist Church in Mayhill, New Mexico, and the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors. And I'm Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. And together, we bring a combined, I don't know, what do we say, Matt? 35? 30, oh, 33. 30, yeah, 35. 30. A little under 100 <laughs> of ministry experience to the table, and we still have no idea what we're doing. Nope. Mess up time and time again. Uh, but you are basically learning from our mistakes. That's right. Uh, and, and today there may be a couple of them that, that we might could talk about. <laughs> and they're just uh, maybe. But, uh, because today we are talking about funerals and uh, we're going to put the fun in funerals and, uh, and tell you a couple of stories of some things that we dealt with and some of the funerals that we've done, some of the things that went well, some of the things that didn't go so well, and uh, a couple of things to say, not to say, um, how not to waste it. Um, and make the most of it, and, uh, and some of those things. And, uh, and we can do this because of the generosity of our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, one of the six Southern Baptist seminaries, and this one happens to be the Crown Jewel. Uh, they're back in school this semester, and, uh, and things are going well. They've got a great crop of students, and obviously some phenomenal professors, and we encourage you to check out Swibbits, Dot edu after the show, SWBTS after the show. And uh, so we're grateful for them. And uh, Kyle, I guess before we do that, um, we'll talk about your family for a moment. So go ahead and tell us uh, that the Lego League is going well, dancing uh, is this, <laughs> and uh, the next play uh, is going well, yeah. and all of that good stuff. We're, we're so, here for it. We are here for this. <laughs> So we we did not do Lego League this year, which is weird because yes. it's been a big part of our year, yes. a big part of our lives for the last two years. So instead, why are you trying um, to ruin your son's life? <laughs> well, he's playing basketball instead, um, and I am I am an assistant coach uh, for his middle school basketball team. Hey, um, while you mentioned that, have you lost any players lately? Have we lost any players? Um, no, we have not. Don't, all of our all of our players are accounted don't for. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> now they are. <laughs> okay, so after practice one night, we had one um, student that um, disappeared in the span of about two minutes. Um, the the other coach, the the head coach, was not able to be there that night, so I was in charge. And um, what I heard was the... about two days. <laughs> no, so so in the um, in the span of about two minutes, like literally the time that it took me to go turn off the lights in the gym and, and the lights are kind of one end of the gym and the door outs on the other. So in, in the span that it took me to turn off the lights and to walk out, um, I get out there and all the kids are gone. Um, so I'm like, I'm thinking, cool. All the parents picked them up. That's great. Um, so I grabbed Noah and we're headed to the truck when one of the parents pulls up and um, that's when it occurs to me, Oh, all of the kids have not been picked up. And uh, this one young man, um, 
was nowhere to be found. Um, so uh, his stepdad drives all the way back to their house, which was three or four blocks. It wasn't far. Um, and comes back and says, no, he's not there. We're scouring this, uh, this, this uh, Christian school's campus. Um, and then we find out that he actually never left campus. Uh, they have a kind of extended daycare uh, for, for some of the younger kids. And he had wandered in there. We just had no idea where he was. So I did, I, technically I did not lose him. Um, he never left the premises. We, we just couldn't find him for uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. But um, because so. of your reckless love, you left the, uh, the 99 <laughs> and you went to find him. Uh, I'm, something I'm like that. Yeah. Well yeah. So, um, so back to coaching. Um, no, I, no. Cause I, I we have one, I have one more comment to make that you, <laughs> are the shortest person on the team. That is not true. These are uh, school boys. I'm taller than most of them. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> as a matter of fact, so, so Noah is experiencing something that I've never experienced in my life, and that is that he, gross spurt? he is the tallest uh, player <laughs> on the team. Um, he's, I'm still taller than him, by the way. Let, let that be known. Um, but that's probably going to change in the next year or so at this point. Um, he, he basically looks me in the eyes, and he's 12. Um, so that, that is, that, that's an experience that I, I cannot empathize or sympathize with at all, uh, to be the tallest kid on the team. So, so who's um, going to have your wife's height because she's a foot yep. and a half taller than you, right? <laughs> that is also not accurate. Michelle is one <laughs> inch shorter than me, uh, for the record, let, let the record show. Now, now, now here's the thing. You, you might be shocked to hear this, Matt, with my staggering height. Um, I, I was not a standout basketball player. Um, so the, first of all, the fact that I'm coaching a middle school basketball team is pretty hilarious. Um, and, and also that's caused me to realize that I owe all of the coaches that I ever had a very deep personal (laughs) apology. Um, because coaching junior high boys is a new experience of testing my sanctification. (laughs) It was one night, dude. It was one night. <laughs> uh, now, now here's the funny thing. We have not yet played a game as, as of the time of recording this. Both of our games have canceled. So according to my 12-year-old and his logic, we are 2-0 and because they forfeited both games. <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. Okay, there you so go. Good. I'm, I'm glad your family is well yeah. and, and uh, that all of the kids are accounted for. And yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I can't make too much fun of you because I left Six Flags one time as a youth pastor with a uh, group of youth and we made it to the uh like the exit you know where the parking leaves yeah and that's when it dawned on us that we were missing one of the kids oh no so, so yeah i had to go back and get them I, um, I i thought i lost a kid at the ballpark uh in arlington once um we'd all we were in like the upper deck we'd all gathered after the game and we were missing the youngest kid like the one sixth grader that we let come on the youth trip and what had happened is he just kind of wandered down the um, down the walkway. It kind of spirals down, and uh, uh, yeah, that was a that was about thirty minutes of panic um, amid you know forty thousand people, and, and we lose the one sixth grader that we had. So yeah, but, well, you know, it's one thing it's one thing to lose a kid. Sometimes in ministry, you actually lose a member; they pass oh, away. Good segue. And uh, good segue. and then you are tasked with doing the the funeral, unless they hate you and they get somebody else to do it. Uh, but if, if you happen to do the funeral, uh, there's, there's a number of things that, that will happen and another things that will be planned to happen and some things not so planned uh, to happen. And, uh, and so we hope that this will be one of the more helpful uh, 
of our uh, podcast because we we want to just walk through some of the things that I've gone through, Kyle's gone through, maybe some things that we've learned from it and how to make the most of your funeral. So yeah, we have alluded to a uh, story a time or two, and I've told some of the details of it, but since we were talking about funerals, uh, one of the first funerals that I did uh, at our church uh, was for a man that had walked into an oncoming train and uh, had died and uh, was going to have his funeral. And in the process of some of the counseling and, and so forth leading up to it, uh, it was determined that he was going to be cremated and uh, she wanted to have him on the pulpit uh, so that he could hear uh, the final sermon. Oh, no. And uh, so, so I, I had not heard that detail as to why. Yeah. He yeah was so on that's the, the reason why he was on the pulpit. Now, I I aim to please, and I found no unbiblical reason for <laughs> the urn to be on the pulpit, despite the you know the reasoning behind it. I thought we'll we'll put it on there. We'll honor the wishes, and uh, and we'll go for it. So we get up there. And, sh- and this person is kind of decorating and so forth. And uh, they, I, I'm looking and, you know, there's the pictures. There's, you know, a couple of things that he had drawn or whatever out there. And then there's this can of uh, coffee. And uh, so I don't really think anything of it. And then um, it's time to start actually setting that stuff up. And I see the coffee can uh, move to the pulpit. <laughs> and it took everything in me as, uh, you know, as immature as I am. I know that's hard for anybody to uh, believe, but I am at times immature, and I'm seeing what is now on the pulpit is a Yukon Gold, uh, extra bold uh, coffee can, and uh, so it's there on the pulpit. I preached the sermon, and from then on, that happened to be the brand of coffee that our church uses uh, on Sundays and every day, and so now every time that I see our church members making coffee, there's like this little bit of fear in me that is wondering, did they get the wrong can? Now, great, you know, gratefully, I think she took that can. But so that was that was one of my first funerals. And uh, so, you know, you may, if, if you can't hold it together, you know, be careful with what you say yes to. That might be one less lesson to learn. Yeah. Uh, you never know what may, <laughs> may occur. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I preached the gospel mm-hmm. to a Yukon Bold coffee can and one of my uh, first uh, funerals there. And uh, so, so there's a little bonus story for you. You can laugh at my expense. And, uh, but it, it ended up going well. And that was also where I learned something not to do. And that yeah. is open mic. <laughs> yes. Beloved, yes. there's a lot of things you can do wrong in Christian ministry. Um, a lot of them, uh, we, we don't even have the time to list. We have done most of them, perhaps. Uh, but one thing you need to learn from our mistakes, whatever you do, never, ever allow for an open mic. Yeah. Ever. And and, and sometimes, now, now I'll say this, sometimes that is out of your control. So um, one of the trends that I'm noticing in funerals um, is, is I have done a lot more funerals at the funeral home than I have at our church. Um, even, even some church members have opted to have their their funeral at the funeral home. So uh, this would be interesting to, to hear from our audience if, if you're seeing that trend as well, but that's one thing that I've seen. So um, I try 
to meet with the with the family uh, ahead of time, uh, and we'll talk again in a minute about what to do when when you don't know uh, the deceased. Um, but there are times that that's just not been possible. I mean, I've had several times where the where the family doesn't come in until the day of, and so they've they've talked with the funeral home and have already kind of worked out the order of service and and basically just plugged me in. Um, and now our our funeral director is a member of our church, so he and I have a pretty good uh, relationship and. He knows I'm not a fan of the open mic. He's served as a pastor before, so he's not a fan of the open mic. Um, sometimes families just absolutely demand, no, oh no, you know, there's um, uh, there, there's so many people that want to that will want to speak, um, and and usually they don't, right? But but that that's a hard thing. I mean, to to break to a grieving family of you know, there, there's not going to be as many people talk about your your, your beloved as as you think, yeah. Um, and, and for a couple of reasons, of, right. you never know the theology that's going to be espoused. <laughs> no, uh, there's going to be awkward, awkward, awkward silence. Yes. Um, and, and you might. Uh, I mean, there could be a spurned loved one that may share things that do not need to be shared. I mean, you, you do not know. Now, none of that really happened during this one, but I did learn how awkward <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Now, we want to get uh, at least what we do. Uh, when we meet, when we encourage, and, and I'm never, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. No, you will not do this. Right. In our church. Uh, but what I encourage is we always have a meal after our bereavement committee um, cooks and that family's invited and, and whoever's there really is invited. And uh, the, the acoustics are not bad. Once everybody has gotten their food, you can hear. And, uh, and, and that actually makes for a little more organic, way to share some of those stories. We're sharing it over the table, of course, as you're meeting with people, but then people will stand up at their, their table and say, you know, I remember when so-and-so did this and, and, you know, whatever. And, you know, that way it's a little less, uh, you know, some of the people that might be a little more intimidated to stand up in front of, you know, we had 200 and something people in the church uh, for, for the last one that I did. Uh, it's it's going to be intimidating for a lot of people to stand up. And, uh, but you get a smaller environment, a little more laid back environment, somebody's more apt to share. And, uh, and so we've, we've done that. And that's been a good kind of middle ground for folks that feel the need to do that. Uh, Cause you want them to be able to, it's just, if, if you've got time restraints, you've got to get to the graveside, different things like that. You just, you do not know what happens and it's hard to get the control back. Yeah. And, and that's the big deal that you lose all control of the service at that point. Um, and so, in, in lieu of that, usually if a family will say, oh, we would like some people to share, um, I, I usually gently recommend, okay, um, pick those out and have them write down what they want to share. Because again, you know, I mean, we're, we're used to getting up in front of a crowd and, and we can speak pretty um, extemporaneously if needed be. Uh, uh, yeah, right. If we, well, I mean, you know, well, some of us can, but um, for a lot of people, that's a very intimidating um, public, public speaking alone is very intimidating. And then you add um, grief into that. And I mean, I've had a lot of people, I've seen several instances where somebody will get up there to share and, and they just break down or they blank. Um, and then again, that just, it creates a, an awkward spot. So um yeah, we, we advocate to not have an open mic, but because again, as you said, um, you never know what somebody's going to share, um, and and that can go uh, that can go from from a, a funeral 
to a brawl pretty quickly if, if somebody says the wrong thing. Um, yeah. I've never seen it get quite to that point. I have seen um, some snide comments made um, and some jabs uh, made at, at either the deceased or uh, loved ones in the room during the open mics. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've heard those that actually loved him knew blank, 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 blank. As <laughs> no. I said, like some of y'all don't. Uh, oh, and, uh, and I'm here for it, man. And uh, <laughs> I, I like that drama. Give me some popcorn. Let me just <laughs> run the service at that point. Yes, but as the pastor, uh, you should not yeah, be sitting there eating exactly. popcorn and hoping that, you know, there are punches thrown in a funeral. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you don't know if that popcorn might have been used to be the urn. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, so here's another thing uh, that you got to be careful. Uh, Kyle and I, well, I, can, can we call ourselves Southern here? Um, we, we are from Southern America, but no, we're from Texas our cultures. Our we we cultures, are from Texas. Texas. No, is not Southern. You know what I'm talking about. I, I will, I will, I will die. I'm not even that. talking. I'm not even talking about Texas right now. Kyle, I'm oh. talking about New Mexico. Oh. Can we call this Southern rural area? Um, South, Southwestern rural stick. With okay. That. There you go. Sure. So anyway, in our, because we have so many that are from Texas and right. the South and Louisiana and all of that kind of stuff, this still bleeds into our area too. Um, you have got to be careful in the uh, southern uh, area of <laughs> this phenomenon that everybody in the southern U.S. is a Christian. Yep. Everyone. Yep. All of them. And they were all every gen- single one. They were all gentle, God-fearing folks. Yep. They love. <laughs> they love their their Jesus. They love their America. And that person could have spent his entire life smoking crack, beating his wife cheating on his taxes, end on his wife, kicking his dog, his kids, whatever. But suddenly that preacher gets up there and that dude has become Jesus Christ himself. Um, he's, he's become Paul um, and, and the most amazing man that has ever lived. And, uh, and so uh, a, a friend of mine wrote an article on this and, and it's called Preaching People Into Heaven. And he says it's the most egregious perversion of the gospel you'll ever Fine. And, uh, and of course, we're not saying that you need to get up there and spend 30 minutes on why this person is in hell and how they were a terrible person and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely not. But on the other hand, we have to be honest. We have to be real and we have to share what the Bible says and give them true hope. And, uh, and so, um, you know, we, we have to be honest, but we don't have to be rude. Um, and, and this gives us a chance as, as a pastor, one that is to proclaim truth and love in love, uh, that we can shatter some of those myths about sin, salvation, the afterlife, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, so Kyle, have you ever seen this phenomenon? Yeah, I, I have. And it's, it's one that I'm always mindful of, um, particularly when I did not know the deceased, um, yeah. And, you know, I've done some where from visiting with the family, it is very apparent that nobody in there is saved. Um, there are some others where, you know, you can tell that, um, that, that they're, they're remembered a lot better in death than they were in life. Um, so I, my, man, the way I approach that is, is um, you know, especially if a family member or something like that sharing, um, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allude to the fact that, that they were a believer um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna offer some words of, of comfort to the family about um, how God will walk with them through their grief, and then I'm gonna share the gospel. Yeah. Um, I, n- I never want to presume that somebody was saved um, 
and I've even learned, um, you, you know, even in dealing with church members, um, you'll find out that that sometimes the, the, their family doesn't have nearly as high a view of them as people in the church does. So um, that that's mm, yeah. You, you I wonder why that could be, Kyle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, I, well, that, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, what we're saying here is, you know, you don't you don't have to preach them into heaven, right? Uh, but you need to show those that are listening that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one goes to the Father except through Him, and so He is the only way. We don't have to do theological gymnastics to convince anybody of yeah. anything. Uh, we need to point everybody in that room to the only perfect person who has ever lived and tell them his goodness is enough for them if they'll yeah. turn for their sin yeah. and uh, to him and faith. And uh, so, so I do, I do have a quick joke about this that I think you'll appreciate. So if it's uh, from you, I probably won't the, appreciate it. The, uh, the town drunk passed away. Um, he, I mean, he was known around town as town drunk, cheated on his wife. Um, his brother, however, was a millionaire. And his brother approaches the pastor who's going to do the funeral and says, uh, Pastor, I want you to know I've, I've done very well for myself. And I will give you a million dollars for your church if you will say that my brother was a saint. Pastor said, I, 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 I don't know that I can do that. People around town knew, knew him. And I mean, my reputation's on the line here. And well, preacher, it's a million dollars. I'll give you a million dollars if you will say that my brother was a saint. So the preacher stands up at the funeral and says, folks, we, we all knew what kind of man he was. Uh, you knew he was, he was a town drunk, ran around on his wife. But I tell you this, compared to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. There's, there's, my, there's my story from a preacher who would always begin his sermons with a joke, completely unrelated to anything else in his sermon. Oh, yeah. Uh, that drives me nuts. But uh the, the other thing that you'll find in the South and, and perhaps elsewhere, and, and we certainly hear it here at times, is uh, some of the old sayings, you know, we, we say things like he was madder than a wet hornet, you know, I mean, there's, there's the different sayings that we, hmm. we have. Uh, and uh, I haven't seen a wet hornet. Um, but I, I think I'd rather keep it that way. I, I don't really care to. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, you know, the things about the, the sayings that the South has is, uh, is, is we have to be careful in the funeral because there's also very easy for us to bring in some cliches. Yeah. God just needed another flower in his garden. They just got their wings, mm-hmm. you know, you, you name it. And, yeah. uh, and so, uh, we, we have to make sure that we are speaking truth and, uh, you know, I think some of this we're we're talking mostly to pastors. You know what we're talking about? Just speak the truth. Yeah. Uh, avoid the cliches and uh, and speak the truth. And then uh, also remember you're going to make mistakes. At uh, Roberta's, a dear member of our church, and this was one where not only the church thought well of her, her family did. She lived her faith out for over ninety years. Uh, led people to the Lord. Was generous. Was loving. All of that kind of stuff. It was the best funeral I've ever done in my life. Or, or not in the sense of me doing it. Um, it was just the most fun I had because I just got to celebrate Jesus. got to celebrate her. And no, in no way was I ever even erring on lying about her just by sharing what she did for her Savior and for her family. So it was great. Uh, but I also know uh, that Rebecca was on my mind. You know, she was gone. Her dad uh, had uh, passed away. So she was down at that funeral. And so I got up there and I was, I was about to talk about Roberta 
and uh, tell a little bit about her, uh, some of the stories that I knew. And, and when I had gone over the sermon that morning, I kept saying Rebecca over and over and over. And so in my notes, I just sketched out some notes. Um, in my notes, I circled in bright red. I highlighted everything. I put arrows all over the name Roberta so that I would remem- remember Roberta. Also, uh, when I was talking about her, she had passed away on what would have been her 73rd anniversary. Yet at church the week before, and I knew I might again this day, I kept saying birthday over and over and over. (laughs) So I circled that one. What did I do at that funeral, Kyle? You said Rebecca. I sure did. Yep. Yep. And Rebecca died on what would have been (laughs) her 73rd birthday. (laughs) Man. On top I mean, of that, on I know top she's of that, just a little bit older than you, but that I didn't realize there was that much. She's older, but man, not, <laughs> yeah, not, not uh, seventy years. And and then here's here's the best one: we will make mistakes. Uh, we're fallen. Uh-huh. We're not perfect, uh, and that doesn't mean that it's an excuse to say what we want. It's a reminder of how heavy we need to lean on Jesus. And uh, I fixed it. We had a good a good laugh. And, uh, and it was like every other preacher flub in the universe. It happens. And uh, we make the most of it. And uh, remember that we're not perfect, but our Savior yeah. is. And, uh, and finally, this one's going a little long. Uh, we, we want to put in this show a powerful, powerful word uh, from Jonathan Evans, uh, the son of mm. Lois Evans, uh, who recently passed away. If you don't know who that is, that's Tony Evans's wife. Uh, powerful lady of God. Uh, we probably, our generation may know more of their, their kids, Anthony Evans and, and uh, Priscilla uh, Shire, Shire um, and uh, from some of the uh, Kendrick Brothers movies and, uh, and so forth. Uh, but he had a powerful word. And uh, so as you have your funerals, remember, remember grace, remember to stay away from the cliches. Don't preach them into heaven. Uh, and uh, know that not everything's going to go well, uh, but make the most of it. Make the most of your Savior, and uh, and then feel free uh, to to add this to any sermon you're going to preach in a funeral, because it is a phenomenal reminder about the truth that we hold and confess as believers when it comes to the end of our life. And so be encouraged by this. And then we'll be back with our outro. Everybody was praying, not only in Dallas, but around the country and around the world. People were watching. Where are you? This was an opportunity for us to see your glory. And as I was wrestling with God, he answered. And he said, number one, You don't understand the nature of my victory. Because just because I didn't answer your prayer your way doesn't mean that I haven't already answered your prayer anyway. Because victory was already given to your mom. You don't understand because of the victory that I have given you There was always only two answers to your prayers. Either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Either she was going to live or she was going to live. Either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. 
Either she was going to be well taken care of or she was going to be well taken care of. Victory belongs to me. Because of what I've already done for you, the two answers to your prayer are yes and yes. Because victory belongs to Jesus. Many said to me, You need to understand that I am God and that I am sovereign and my game plan is bigger than any one player on my field. So you need to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on you but lean on me because I have the ability to make this crooked situation straight. I am the sovereign God. That's why they say that I am. Wow, what a word. Um, all right, Matt. So here's what I want. I, I want one, as we close one tip for pastors doing a funeral. If you're going to say resurrection, be very careful. What about you, Kyle? What's your tip? My, my tip. Don't let, don't let Matt preach your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> this point that goes without saying. Um, so my tip, uh, it's real simple. Um, but make sure that you learn the proper pronunciation of names in the obituary. Um, you, you, will, you will come across some odd ones. Um, always double check with the family uh, before you read that obituary, just to make sure that you are pronouncing things correctly. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that goes with our other uh, my, my tip, just yep. be careful with how you pronounce things. Yes. It's important. Yep. And uh, it can derail funerals. It can derail podcasts. Yep. Uh, but until next time, and before we say anything else, we will regret. Uh, yes, that's sign language that I do understand. We <laughs> encourage you to visit csbible.com after the show uh, to read from the Bible uh, that we preach our funerals from because it is accurate and faithful. And I can't remember the actual word that they use. Accurate and readable. There it is. Faithful and true. Yes. Faithful yes. and true, readable and accurate, uh, because that's what you want your funeral sermons to be. Yep. So check that out after the show. We're grateful for their partnership. And then visit notanotherbaptistpodcast.com, uh, and uh, where you can find some articles and links to our other podcasts. Also on Facebook, under our name and Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. And uh, tell us some of your stories. We'd like to hear from you things that went well, not so well, maybe some even flubs that you had. So I don't feel absolutely terrible uh, for the three major flubs that I had this past week. Uh, so have a wonderful day and Kyle send us out. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare.